Welcome to Dragon Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range, brought to you by Tri-State Communication Sports Network. I'm Tucker Green, alongside Jess Walker, of course, diving in week by week, uh, what's uh, happening in uh, the Pickens football world. Of course, some excitement this uh, past Friday for the Dragons, getting their first win of the season, and uh, coming pretty timely uh, in the last game of non-region play, but also homecoming for the Dragons, their season opener at home, homecoming night, uh, big uh, crowd, exciting atmosphere. Unfortunately, I personally did not get to be a part of it. I was, uh, uh, for you all that listened on the show uh, Friday night, you would uh, notice not my voice you heard. Uh, had uh, Mr. Caleb Frady fill in for me while I was away on work duties, but uh, appreciate Caleb Hurdy did a great job, knew he would when I recruited him as my replacement. I was a little nervous about it just because I was afraid uh, I might get the boot and, and he might be a permanent replacement. He Very seasoned uh, vet. Caleb did a good job. Jess, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, being able to call the game with him. Well, not only so much did he do a good job, but I have been hearing some chatter from from Dragon Faithful that he might be looking to replace you just because he is a more successful uh, broadcaster in the fact that we are 1-0 under him while we are 0-3 with you on the call. (laughs) So not sure so much that uh, he'll be replacing you due to his ability, but uh, there has been some chatter with uh, maybe his a more lucky broadcaster perhaps than you are brings a little bit more to the to the team in in that regard he uh he did uh get to call a winning game for sure we've had the chance to call a uh, exciting game or two but not uh, not a win for the dragons so far this season but uh they as as we were alluding dragons did get their first win of the season over christian heritage uh in a non-region contest um you were as uh, on the field much uh, more uh, completely more so than me uh so just maybe why don't you kind of walk us through what we saw exciting game lots of it, <laughs> according to the uh, stats and scoring plays doesn't look like it lacked excitement for sure on friday night no it was a fun one um to begin the game it was it was almost a tale of of two halves between these these two teams we had early clicking very strongly on offense um, first three drives resulted in scores, and then you didn't see any more scores until the game was nearly over for the Dragons. So you saw a smooth offense, long, methodical drives early. We saw some new names. Uh, first touchdown was scored by freshman Landon Poole, his first score on the season. He had a lot of action. We might uh, ask Coach Myers if he's been performing well on the practice field, that sort of thing that earned him some extra playing time. We saw a lot from him. Um, we saw Marcus Pike back in the offense as well. It was clear that they missed him. They looked to him uh, early and often. He did pick up a score in the first half. He was the uh, third touchdown of the day. Had Caden Hampton sandwiched in between the pool touchdown and the Pike touchdown. Uh, the Pike touchdown made at 18-7. We're feeling really good uh, going into the half. We had a botched uh, punt, but striker a little bit of that trickery they like to uh, attempt to use out of that formation gets blocked, and Christian Heritage winds up with a field goal to make it 18-10, to a one-score game at the half, and that's where you know, we, we were – Kind of thinking it might not be that exciting. Kind of thinking, um, you know, Dragon's going to run away with this one, which would have been exciting enough in its in its own right based on the amount of success we've had. But uh, it turned into a little more interesting game second half. Yeah, uh, some things standing out to me and some things I think we can uh, maybe talk with Coach Myers about here later in the show. He will be joining us uh, later in the broadcast, uh, weekly interview, get his insights. But, yeah, I thought it was interesting to play that Landon Poole got in. Of course – him uh, getting the first rushing touchdown of the game um, and getting several carries throughout the night. Um, also uh, stood out to me uh, the no points scored after the touchdown for either team all night long, Jess. Yes, no point afters. Um, Dragons were 0 for 4 in either version that they attempted. They attempted a couple two points, a couple of PATs, both the PAT, or sorry, both uh, two extra point attempts, kicking attempts for the one point. Both of those were blocked. Both of the two point conversions failed, and it was um, Christian Heritage's were more of a result of uh, the score of the game as to why as to why they tried. You know, they went for two because they were down 18 to 10 at the half. 
no scores in the third quarter when they score that early fourth quarter touchdown they go for two to try to tie it so theirs was more of a result of the dragons failed two pointers um speaking of kind of where we're getting to the game there where they take that lead they score that early touchdown in the fourth uh it's followed by a long touchdown from uh, their quarterback carter triplett to braden Coneman, uh, nearly 50 yards they take the lead with about five minutes left and the dragons put together an impressive long final drive it looked like it was going to be over early you had a pick that was a result of a hold i did some people he wasn't bailed out by the hold the the interception was a result of the receiver being held up held up short uh so not bailed out by that flag by any means but that flag does save them if it was not thrown that drive would have been over early got a big throwing catch one of the Best throws I saw. These are actually two of the best throws I saw all night. Striker hits Isaiah Williams at midfield. Tight window. Uh, tough grab for Williams. He comes down with it. Then we've got a fourth and long. It's do or die. The game's over if they don't convert it. Striker hits Powell. Low throw and accurately low throw. He uh, needed to place it there to get it in another tight window. Powell goes to the ground, catches it, and from there, Striker punches it in on his own to take the lead with about 47 seconds left. We did have a little bit of drama after that as well. Uh, Christian Heritage did make a drive to midfield. Couldn't quite get in field goal range. We saw extended field goal range on that uh, 39-yarder before the half that kind of uh, surprised us what kind of leg their kicker had. But uh, interception in the final seconds, trying just trying to get in field goal range, and uh, that wrapped it up. An exciting one, no doubt. Dragons 24-22, to first win of the season. Sounds like an exciting one. Really hate I missed it. Of course, hate I missed the win. Hope that's not any uh, uh, bad luck that I bring uh, on Friday night. I guess but, we'll find out. Yeah, find we, out soon enough. <laughs> uh, we... Uh, it seems like I said very, very exciting lots to, to unpack with Coach Myers as we look at last week. But really, some things to look forward is 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 pivoting to this region play part of the schedule, which is we're going to have a full outlook of of what's to come and and a look around the region here later in the uh, Dragon Football Weekly broadcast brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range. But uh, talk to us a little. Not a lot of region action last week. Several teams on bye weeks. Was there anything? Uh, to report on region play last Friday. I will report what happened. Um, I don't know that there was much significant that, that happened. Like you said, a lot of teams elected to take the final week of uh, – well, I shouldn't say final week of non-region play. They didn't play the final week before region play begins. I was about on by as Gilmer, Lumpkin, Dawson, and Wesleyan all had a little vacation this week. Uh, the two teams that were in action, White County had a big loss to Stevens County, which uh, Stevens County – as we've noted before on this show, is a powerhouse, a tough win for anyone in our classification. They, so White County fell to 2-2 two and two there. And the other team in action, West Hall, lost 48-7 to seven at Union County. Uh, that brings them to 1-3. And, and normally uh, here's where we would go over the matchups this week. Um, but we are going to save that. After the interview, we're going to have a um, – kind of a longer show than we're used to a little bit a little bit more material we're going to be giving you guys with the beginning of the region so we will cover that after coach Myers' interview last thing on last week i want to talk with with you specifically before we get coach Myers on your uh opinion just being in the stands we talked a lot last week about uh, the game coming off of fanning county really a rough game we talked a lot about the play quality of play the uh Kind of seemed like the guys almost checked out to a degree, um, really not able to get things clicking. How, how, from your viewpoint, how did things look different? What kind of progress did you see on Friday night against Christian Heritage? Do you think they're on the right foot now? Early, a lot of progress. Um, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. The offense looked incredible. Uh, didn't miss a beat for the first quarter and a half. Now, that kind of slowed down in the second half, and that can be attributed to you know coaching adjustments from the other staff as well. I am kind of actually think it may be beneficial that that ended up being a close game just to give them uh, the experience of a late-game situation as well as really the only other one we've had in North Murray, they came up with a loss. So this will, uh, even though they did kind of blow that lead up a little bit, they will be able to take away uh, confidence in the fact that they were down late, overcame it, and uh, took that lead back. 
as always, appreciate your insight, especially when I don't uh, have much to offer when I'm not when I'm not in yeah, the It would have been interesting if we let uh, let you give some some insight on the game that you can see. <laughs> would be. Uh, as always, appreciate all our listeners for tuning in. Uh, you can find this weekly podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, just simply by searching Dragon Football Weekly. When we get back from this check-in with our sponsors, we'll have the head football dragon himself, head coach Grant Meyer. Stay with us. Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper. With Northside hospital you can look forward to new beginnings look ahead to comeback seasons and look up for hope and strength Northside welcomes you into our community of care guided by one clear direction a mission to heal led by our expertise in maternity heart cancer orthopedics and more you can move into tomorrow with confidence for a healthier future together look to Northside hospital Pueblo Cantina is Jasper's best Mexican restaurant. Local folks know they use only fresh ingredients and serve a wide variety of freshly made dishes. Restaurants come and go, but Pueblo Cantina has been open since 1997. Lunch or dinner seven days a week. Come to Jasper's best Mexican restaurant, Pueblo Cantina, 25 Luke Carver Drive at 53 and 515 Jasper. Go Dragons! Welcome back to Dragon Football Weekly, presented by Appalachian Gun Range. I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker in studio and joined by head Dragon Football coach Grant Myers. Coach, as always, appreciate you joining the show and giving uh, fans your insight. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Coach, uh, the team able to get their first win of the season last week uh, at home uh, with a big crowd, uh, homecoming night against Christian Heritage. I know that... uh, had to come timely right as you get ready to go into region play. Um, talk to us a little about what that first victory meant to you, what it meant to your team, and, and kind of your overall takeaways from the game, both positive or anything maybe that concerned you a little last week too. Well, it was huge for us. Uh, one, because we needed a win. You know, we'd had, uh, we felt like some opportunities earlier in the season, and we didn't finish the drill where. Uh, you know, so it was really important for us to get a win, you know, going into region play. It was also really important to win because it was our home opener. Um, the last time that we played here at Dragon Stadium uh, uh, was scrimmage against Rock Martin. That did not go well at all. Um, and so this was the next time that our home crowd had an opportunity to see us. So going out and performing and playing well and getting a win was really important for that. And in addition to that, it was homecoming. So there's there were a lot of things that uh, kind of all came together, and we were very fortunate to get out of there with a win and, uh, you know, get some momentum headed into region play. Absolutely, Coach. Well, uh, you know, I, I think for sure, you know, you talked about the importance of, of kind of getting that pivot point in the season after after the start, um, and, and I think y'all certainly were able to do that, and, and always nice when you can do that uh, at home field advantage. Yeah, Coach, uh, I've got a little more of a X's and O's type question. Tucker, of course, he was he was abroad, so I, I had uh, eyes on the game. We've been giving him a, a, a breakdown of, of what all went down. He had to he had to miss the first victory, but one thing that stood out to me, uh, we did really well on fourth down for the most part. I kept calling it the fourth down formation. I believe you'll know what I'm referring to, where you have the staggered offensive line. I do. Um, Tell us a little bit, maybe, A, if I can get a more uh, professional name for that in the fourth down formation, and uh, what kind of options it offers you, um, the reads that he's able to make off that, and and how that makes it successful, as well as uh, punting from it, which we saw kind of go the opposite of desired in in the last game. Well, so there are six different options out of that formation. and we're looking, you know, both from the sideline and from the box, and based how the defense aligns to it, uh, there's six different things that we can do, uh, one of which is punt. And there's a certain 
we will punt if we get a certain alignment right there. And that's what we got. Um, and had we executed it, it would have been perfect right. because there was no returner back. Um, but we've also got uh, several different passes factored into it, uh, in addition to the run that you saw Stryker have. And so if the defense aligns a certain way, we've got six different options right there that we can do. Um, we've got to get more effective punting out of it because it just becomes a fourth down formation, as you've called it, if we can't effectively do that. And that's something that we've spent time on. But because of how the alignment is and the spacing and it presents some some difficult matchups for defenses. Um, and if they don't align certain ways, there's going to be something exposed. But again, because it is fourth down, we've got to execute on it. And we were two of three on it this past game. And of course, the one time, you know, being the, the uh, punt that was blocked and went backwards and, you know, allowed them to kick field goal there before half. Um, but it also, it's something that we feel comfortable calling because We've got some matchups personnel-wise that if people misalign, we are getting looks that we want. Right. I mean, for the for the most part, it has been uh, extremely successful. The, the, I, the only negatives I can think about is when the, the punt is the option taken there. And even then, that right. option is taken because maybe another one's not available to you. Uh, or right. else, you know, yes. of course, you would be that, no, executing offense. Yeah. So uh, that was that was yeah, something no, I found interesting all spent. year, and uh, I'm sure some of the some of the listeners want to hear more about that and take a deeper dive because uh, I think untrained eye, a lot of people are are like, what the heck's going on? They've got the odd looking offensive line, but uh, it is very very interesting. I, I think it's been successful eighty ish percent of the time so far this season. So yes, I'm glad we yeah. got to. Yeah, uh, we had you know. Well, we had the blocked punt the other night, and then we had a poor punt against North Murray. We didn't call it at all against Fannin because where we were at field-wise and down in distance, it's not something that I feel com- – We, the, the one thing I'll go ahead and kind of – I know I'm being a little vague with this, but I don't want to put too much out there. Right. I don't feel overly comfortable calling it unless we are at least past the minus 25. Like I'd prefer calling it when we were minus 30 or better right there so that we're not putting the defense all the way back there with their back against the wall if we don't get it. Of course. Of course. Um, otherwise, we'll go to our other punt formation and we'll kick it away with Charlie Gibbons. Coach, a couple things that stood out to me going over the stats, um, a name popping up uh, in the carries that we had not seen before, Landon Poole. Um is there anything to expect out of that? Expect to see him more this season? Was he, you know, kind of standing out in some of the JV yes. games or, or practice? Or I, I noticed he got he got carries uh, several times and got the first score rushing touchdown of the game actually. Uh, so, you know, one of the things obviously we started off zero and three. We had a very very poor performance against Fannin. Uh, so we also had a bye week that week, and I took that weekend to really assess and evaluate and look at some things. Um, you know, when we came in and met as a staff, I said, guys, we've got too many guys playing both ways. We're taking players that are good high school football players and they're becoming average football players because we're taxing them too much by asking them to do too much. So what we pretty much did last week is we tried to find 11 starters on each side of the ball and then factor in other guys like Caden Hampton, like Mason Powell, that would be primarily defensive players, but flip over and play offense in critical situations like you saw the other night with Caden in the rushing touchdown and Mason in the fourth down conversion. Um, but for us to do that, we had to, we had to be comfortable playing some younger players. You know, at one point the other night, we had uh, Landon Poole starting at our left halfback. Next to him, we had Hayden Rowland, who's a sophomore, starting on the offensive line. We had Caleb Kirby on the offensive line who's a sophomore, and we had McCord Purdy, who's a freshman out there at receiver. So at one point we had two sophomores and two freshmen on the field, and it's something we, as coaches, said we've got to be comfortable with this because even though they're young, they're some of our better players, and they don't do us any good standing on the sideline. You know, a 15-year-old Landon Poole, fresh, knowing what to do, is as effective as a 17-year-old tired Mason Powell, and it makes us better defensively and it makes us better in terms of creating depth as well yeah that's 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 so to answer your question 
Yeah, that that was sort of how we looked at it, and that's how we're going to proceed moving forward. Um, it's allowed us to create more depth. It's also allowed us to change the way that we structure practice. Instead of spending roughly an hour on each side of the ball, we spend more or less an hour and 45 minutes or, or an hour and a half-ish practicing on one side of the football at your priority offense or defense position. And then we have a 30-minute crossover period where those guys like Mason and Caden will then pick up their offensive reps or a guy like Colby Brooks will come over and pick up his defensive reps. That's, that's good to know we're going to be seeing a more uh, you know a different mix of guys throughout the season. Some younger guys take the field. And, and I think, um, you know, coming off – you know, the first three games, especially coming off that fan and loss, you know, I think everybody could appreciate, you know, you and your staff trying to take a, a, a holistic look and say, hey, you know, what can we do to make things a little differently and, and right. you know, be more competitive on the field. So, but uh, And what it's also allowed us to do there is have guys, we, we can go best on best in practice. We can go first offense versus first defense and actually get – some best-on-best best competition periods, which we do at least once a day for a five-play script. And it, it now we're not going against a scout team where the offense knows they're going to dominate the defensive scout team or vice versa with the defense. Like, they have to pack a lunch and they got to get better. Yeah, I'm looking forward to We saw a lot of guys carrying the ball. I'm looking forward to continuing. Uh, don't want to dwell on Friday night too long. Was good to get the victory, mm-hmm. and uh, but we've got uh, the most important portion of the schedule coming up. So just kind of um, give us your outlook on the region. A few things that that I highlighted were uh, expects the expectations that have been exceeded so far by both uh, Gilmer and Lumpkin were were going to be. Um, kind of viewed as weaker links in in the preseason and the early season and they both come out strong uh what do you expect to see from those two teams we'll get to see one of them uh, immediately this friday yeah i'll go ahead and talk about lumpkin first heath webb's done a really good job going over there uh he's been head coach at north paulding winder barrow and gainesville uh has been part of some other staffs as an assistant so he's you know he's done it he's been around the block um he's done a good job creating some excitement there he's done a good job branding and creating a little bit of buzz um and you know they've had some early success uh you know because those kids are buying in uh, so we know that they're going to be well coached we know that they're going to come out you know excited because they are four and uh you know on the flip side they've not quite faced uh some of the adversity that we have so i think we may be a little bit more battle tested in that regard but uh, that's not to take anything away from the job that those guys have done because they've won more games in one season than they've won in the previous three seasons combined. So they're doing a good job, and those kids are playing hard. And we know that we're going to have to go out and play well on Friday in order to win the football game. And then as far as uh, Gilmer, you know, they uh, they do have the one common opponent with us, Fanning County. They came out on the right side, but that, that doesn't always translate uh, each night is, is its own. What – what about them? We know they've got not a first-year coach, but a, but a new coach as well that's doing a good job rebuilding there. Uh, coach Standard's done a good job. You know, he got there last year, started putting his fingerprints on it, had a full off-season to go uh, uh, do their off-season program, both in the weight room and what they do offensively and defensively. And you're not a head coach somewhere like St. Pius for 20-something years if you don't know what you're doing. Um, so we knew that they were going to be a solid football team, that he was going to have those kids in LJ coached up and that they were going to improve. Uh, you know, so we know that when the next time we're at home uh, on October 14th against them, we know that we're going to have to go ahead and really bring our A game because those guys have done a good job. They're getting um, better and, and putting together a really competitive product, and it's going to be um, exciting. Coach, uh, you know, of, of course, I know your answer probably is going to be to this. You want to win every game the rest of your schedule, I, and, and I know that. But there's going to be some key games on this region schedule. I know you and your staff have looked at some of the region opponents. People like Wesley and Dawson are going to be going to be tougher fights. Uh, with that in mind, what, what are some of the games, particularly the rest of the schedule, that you think are very important, very crucial that you go in there and compete and, and win to have an opportunity postseason? Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to say that this week is really, really important. 
Uh, if we go over there to Dahlonega this week and take care of business against Lumpkin, that sets us up really well to go into another bye week, uh, to rest up, to refresh, and uh, to continue refining what we are doing. Um, so this is going to be a big one. You know, they've got a little momentum, as we touched on before. Uh, you know, we were fortunate to get out of there with win last week and, um, and, and have some momentum ourselves. But this is going to be an important game. And it, if, if we go take care of business, uh, it sets up very well for us moving forward. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm going to do in our next section, I'm going to have kind of like tiers as far as where I see teams in the region. And so that is going to be a matchup I highlight as well. We'll leave you with this, um, and, I, and we'll leave us out of it for no uh, bias um, for obvious reasons and that sort of thing. But if you had to pick a non-Pickens team to beat or if you want to give a multiple uh, teams, who do you think is, is the strongest in the region at, uh, at based on what we've seen so far and uh, just your basic knowledge of each team? Uh, I'm going to preface this with saying I have not seen any film yet on Wesley this season. Okay. So I, I don't know. I've seen a little bit of film on everyone else. Um, and the only reason I'm, I'm saying this is Dawson is the most established staff. That group has been together for a really uh, good period of time. They've won some region championships over there. They've won a, you know, some playoff games. They went and beat you know, Sandy Creek in the first round last year, who on paper – they, they got no business. So I would say right now, even though they've had a tough non-region schedule, um, you know, and they've run into some some tough competition there, uh, I would say Dawson right now is. But that's not to say that I think that I, I think our region that there is not much separation between your your top five or six teams. I, I really don't. I think anybody can be anyone else on any given night in that that top five to six range um and so that is going to be uh you know set up for some exciting matchups and it's going to mean that we're going to have to do a very good job coaching week in and week out day in and day out because it's not it's not like the region that we came from last year where there were a couple teams who we knew were significantly worse than uh than others and a couple teams that were significantly better than others. So it's, it's going to set up for a fun stretch down uh, to November 4th when the playoff brackets go ahead and get set. Coach, as always, we really, really appreciate you giving your insights to us on Dragon Football Weekly, and I know the fans appreciate it. We, of course, are excited about getting region play started, really some of the teams we're more familiar with, um, and, and getting really kind of, I don't want to say the game's up to this point don't matter but you know as far as postseason play this is where it, this is what we're playing for so uh this is going to be the key contest and of course uh we'll be making the trip up to Dahlonega with y'all this Friday and what's we expect to be a very exciting game and a key game like you noted for your team um and you know of course listeners can uh, tune in to us if they can't make the make the trip on 93.7981 FM as well as uh, streaming online but uh, coach we wish you the best can't wait to uh can't wait for friday absolutely guys i appreciate you having me on and like you said this is about to be an exciting stretch to the finish here as we start region play and uh you know our guys are going to just keep getting better and better each week and and that's uh been the goal from jump street you know is to get better through non-region play and then to start getting and improving uh once we get into the region schedule Absolutely. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Dragon Football Weekly, brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range. Feed all the hungry people in your family at Culver's of Jasper. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Jasper is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Jasper, just in front of Walmart. 
Piedmont Mountainside Hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in Georgia with the second longest straight A leapfrog rating streak in the state for 14 consecutive A ratings and consistently ranking in the top five Atlanta hospitals in patient excellence. Piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties, including imaging, cardiac rehabilitation, and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community. In addition, Piedmont Mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. Others may say they're local, but there's only one locally owned and operated bank in this area. That's Community Bank of Pickens County. They still offer the same in-person service they've been offering for more than 20 years. But for those that prefer, they're up to date with online banking products that you can use from your computer or phone. They offer personal customer service like we all remember, while also offering modern banking technology. Community Bank of Pickens County says Go Dragons! Member FDIC. Back now on Dragon Football Weekly. Appreciate you staying with us. That was a good insight we got there from Coach Myers. Really got to kind of get uh, an idea of where he's looking moving forward. A lot of it we kind of suspected, but also some insight about getting some of the younger guys to see more um, field time. That's going to be a common theme we see throughout. Some other interesting stuff we were able to get there from him, Jess. Yeah, he provided a lot of good stuff. Actually took some stuff away from me that we're going to cover here in the region preview, so that'll save me some uh, breath. I might uh, highlight some things I thought were important that he said, but uh, really good job um, both going over some things from last Friday and uh, diving into what the next uh, month and a half are going to be like. Yeah, speaking of the next month and a half, that's kind of the point of the season. I'm, I have personally been most looking forward to. I suspect many fans out there probably the same. This is going to be the region portion of the season. This is really, you know, the, you want to win every game you play, but this is where it, it really counts. It's for the marbles. This is where it, it counts against you or for you as far as a chance, opportunity to play postseason. Uh, but also, these are more of the teams, of course, some of them we've seen already, we are familiar with, Fannin, um, Ethan Sonorville, I guess, to a degree. In North the Murray's not far North off Murray, either. North Murray, not far. But, but as far as teams, you see more in youth football and middle school, as well as teams most likely going to see, I guess, for the next two years at least before alignment again. I believe that's correct. So, at least for the next two season teams, we're going to see your, the – the Lumpkin Counties, the Gilmer Counties, Dawson County, uh, White County, even the team the Dragons have seen for a number of years uh, off and on. So we're really getting kind of more to, to the, the se- part of the season I'm most excited about. Um, why don't you just kind of give the fans out there an outlook of what to, to expect? Who are the opponents we're going to be facing? Where are they at at this point in their seasons? Well, first, before I do that, uh, you talked about being excited. One of the things that uh, is most excited to m- with me and m- and makes this job more exciting to me is what the opponents are doing each week matters uh, so much more. Like we talk about, uh, we talked about West Hall lost to Union this week. Uh, that really doesn't bear any impact, but their matchup versus Dawson this week, which we'll talk about at the end of this segment, that bears a whole lot more impact. So from from us, it gives us a much broader coverage as far as that goes. What our uh, counterparts are doing matters much more. But to give you a summary of who all is in the region, where they stand, whether it be uh, shocking or expected so far, um, we will go through that real quick. And we're going to start off with two that we talked to Coach Myers about and the most shocking and actually uh, the two that have the best record non-region to this point, Lumpkin County and Gilmer County. Lumpkin County is 4-0. They have a big win, or at least their best win, came against Union, who is currently at uh, 4-1. They beat Fannin, who uh, we lost to earlier in the season. So that's Union beat Fannin. Lumpkin beat Union. And one thing I'm going to bring up for each uh, team is their opponent's record, and that will give you a good idea of what kind of schedule they have faced so far. Um, Lumpkin's opponents are 7-11, and 11, so not entirely uh, all that strong. That was something Coach Myers brought up, that uh, though Lumpkin and Gilmer have had strong non-region records, uh, we feel like we have been a little more tested than them. And Gilmer at 3-1, and one, they've got opponent's record of only Five and eleven, but they do have a forty-nine to thirty-five win over Fannin, who uh, we cannot muster near that. So that is something to keep in mind when we uh, face them in about a month. 
going on through some uh, less significant or more expected outcomes. White County, two and two with opponent record of eight and nine. They just lost to Stevens this week. Stevens is tough. Uh, wouldn't read too much into any of their results. Dawson is two and two. Uh, Coach Myers highlighted them as his team to beat in the region as far as what he knows up to this point. They have an opponent's record of 8-8, eight and eight, but they have had a tough schedule. Uh, they have lost to Stevens County as well and um, Lambert, so two large high classification uh, schools. So they've, they've had tough opponents, wouldn't read too much into their 2-2 two and two record. Another team that is uh, – popularly considered the best in the region is Wesleyan. They have uh, only been able to muster one win so far, one and three. However, uh, they have had the toughest schedule of anyone. They are, their opponents are 13 and four. They are definitely going to be battle tested up to this point, And I still like them to be uh, top of the region. We'll go over that in just a second. Finally, uh, West Hall is also one and three. They did uh, pick up a win against Cross County counterpart Johnson. Uh, overall, their opponents are eight and nine. Don't expect a great deal from them, but we will get into that uh, coming up right here. Yeah, you know, it's still in the point of this, of this season where it's hard to say exactly how quality, how high of quality any team is, what to exactly expect, still just so – um, early, I mean, you know, I, I guess actually all, I, I started to say almost, or most, but I think it's going to be all teams have only played four games. Correct. Most, I guess all teams actually have had one bye week. Um, all non-region thus far. Uh, people playing a variety of opponents. There has been some overlap. You noted Union and some other people, but a lot of it is, you know. A lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns. And and that's another reason this kind of part of the season gets so exciting is because you don't know exactly how who's going to compete against what. But you've tried to give it your best assessment, Jess, and you've kind of come up with a tier-like system for the region play. What what are you got brainstorming over there? What do you have uh, to think uh, uh, that can kind of give us a lay of the land going forward? So because of so much uncertainty and unknowns we talked about, I'd rather not just give a straight up uh, one through seven ranking of everyone. Um, we did this preseason, and my my tiers have really changed. Um, one that hasn't is is preseason. I had tier one being Wesleyan and Dawson. I had a next tier which included. Uh, White County, West Hall, and us, Pickens County Dragons, so three teams vying for those final two spots. And then I had the bottom tier being Gilmer and Lumpkin. Uh, that looks pretty silly right now with, the, with those two sporting the best record. Of course, we do keep in mind their, their strength of schedule, but uh, they have moved up in my new uh, tier rankings. So I still have the same top tier. I think that Wesleyan and Dawson are a step above the rest. I think um, they will be firmly in the one-two spot now. Who occupies which? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. Wouldn't even want to venture out to make a prediction. I would uh, say that their matchup will be very important. Looking forward to it, and I think the winner of that will be the region winner. So I've got those two teams, tier one. Next, I do still have a similar tier of four teams. However, it is. Um, a new group of teams. It is the Dragons, ourselves, Lumpkin County, Gilmer County, and White County. And I see those four teams now vying for those final two spots. I think White County is maybe a tiny step above. If I had to do really like a tier two A and B, I would almost have them at tier two A and then us, Gilmer and Lumpkin at tier two B vying for that fourth position. But we'll let uh, those head to head matchups play out there and see. I think these teams might exchange wins against one another, uh, maybe even coming down to head to head as far as who's going to get that final playoff spot. And then unfortunately for West Hall, they uh, just haven't really impressed me. They've had a very weak schedule so far. Um, this can be, if, if anyone from West Hall is listening, this can be some bulletin board material, material for you. Uh, but I just, I do not see them being super competitive. Uh, you know, maybe they make me eat my words. Hopefully, at least uh, they don't make me eat my words versus the Dragons. But I, I just see them as kind of an outlier in the region this year. And, and the, they could always improve as the season goes and maybe could impress me. Well, that's that's good to know to kind of keep a, a, a best gauge as we can about what fans can expect as far as when we're underdogs in matchups, when we should probably be in a tight matchup, and when we should probably – 
you know, outperform, which, you know, being the case in like West Hall, um, ex- expectation wise. But, uh, and, and kind of going into that, what are some of the matchups to highlight? You talked about Dawson Wesley in a game you're wanting to watch, potentially being a region championship game, de facto region championship game. But what are some of the high, the matchups you're most looking forward to kind of seeing as region play kind of comes forward and, and maybe giving us a little better idea how things are going to shake out at the end of the year? Yeah, I'll, to, I'll talk mostly about our schedule and who I wanted to highlight um, that Wesley and Dawson game will be a good one as far as who who comes out on top of that. I think when Gilmer and Lump can play, this will be a little bit of a a reiteration of the tiers because I think the important matchups to win are the matchups in your tier. So if uh, Pickens, they would need to pick up wins versus White, Gilmer, Lumpkin. If if they go zero and three against those teams, they have no shot at making the playoffs. Um, if they go one and two against those teams, they don't have a very good shot of making the playoffs. Now, if they can pick up a two and one, or especially an undefeated record against those three teams, I think they're locked in. Now, you know, if you slip up to, you could slip up and lose. You know, maybe West Hall is a little bit better than I have them pegged at. Uh, maybe Westland, maybe their one and three record is not so uh, indicative of their tough schedule. Maybe they're just not as good as they were cracked up to be. Maybe they're having a tough time jumping up in classification from their uh, last year's single-A private classification. So there's plenty of factors out there that can change that, but I do think those matchups within your tier are the most important to win, and we uh, asked Coach Myers the same question, and he highlighted this Friday, and I think um, this Friday is as important as any, and I think it will be a, a strong indicator on where the rest of our region schedule is going. Yeah, and we're going to get into that more after the break. We'll get into really dive into the buzz uh, that's happening in Dahlonega. But I do want to, of course, keep in mind who's coming up this Friday. we got a few uh, region competitions opening up. Um, West Hall is traveling to Dawsonville. That one is one we'll keep an eye on. And also, I, I think probably the more interesting way to keep an eye on probably is that Wesley and Gilmore. Definitely a more interesting yeah. game. Every week there are seven seven teams in the region, so each team will have a bye week in region play. Uh, White County is that team. Of the matchups, I, I actually think that us and Pickens and Lumpkin is the most interesting matchup, followed by, if yes. you just want to look at our opponents, uh, Wesleyan at Gilmer. If Gilmer was to win that game, that would really shake things up. I'm not completely writing them off of it. I think there is a chance. I'll beat a small chance. But uh, I'm not going to completely ride them off. Um, and like I said, West Hall's got something to prove against Dawson. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that and giving you scores of those contests around the region Friday night. Again, White County um, will be on the bye. The Dragons, most importantly, on a road trip to Dahlonega for the first time in a long time to take on the Lumpkin County Indians. We will have live coverage of that with the Northside Hospital pregame show beginning at 7 p.m., kickoff at 7.30 you can listen to us on 93.7 and 98.1 FM, as well as streaming online by going to WLJARadio.com and click to listen, WPGY. Uh, we will have coverage of that game. But uh, on the other side of this break, we got a lot of insight about Lumpkin County and what could potentially be the most important game of this season. I'm going to go ahead and say that, and I think Grant Myers alluded to it. it you know, it, it's, it's, it's too early to say if you don't win Friday night, it's over. But... It would be a good it, indicator it, of, it would of what's be, to come. It would be very difficult for the Dragons if they lose on Friday night. And I think we could have a very competitive game. We're going to have all the insights on what to expect after this check-in with our sponsor. Stay with us on Dragon Football Weekly, brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range. Appalachian Gun Range in Jasper is proud to be in Pickens County. They have a modern and spacious facility that's known for being one of the best ranges in Georgia. Some say it's the best they've ever visited. Appalachian Gun Range offers three levels of yearly memberships, plus daily rates with discounts for military, first responders, folks over 60, and children under 15. They offer safety and instruction classes too. Appalachian Gun Range, just off the 515 at Highway 108 in Jasper. Dr. Matthew King at Georgia Mountain Ophthalmology welcomes Dr. Charles Newcomer to his Jasper office. Dr. Newcomer is a trained optometrist who can do regular eye exams and handle most common eye problems. Of course, Dr. Camp is still available for more complex eye problems. Dr. Matthew Camp and now Dr. Charles Newcomer welcomes you to Georgia Mountain Ophthalmology behind the racetrack on Interstate South Drive just off 515 in Jasper. Call 678-454-7329. 
Pueblo Cantina is Jasper's best Mexican restaurant. Local folks know they use only fresh ingredients and serve a wide variety of freshly made dishes. Restaurants come and go, but Pueblo Cantina has been open since 1997. Lunch or dinner seven days a week. Come to Jasper's best Mexican restaurant, Pueblo Cantina, 25 Luke Carver Drive at 53 and 515 Jasper. Go Dragons! Back now on Dragon Football Weekly, Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker. And uh, as always, appreciate you listening to our show. want to thank Appalachian Gun Range, located off Highway 515 and 108 in Jasper, for being our weekly sponsor. And remember that you can listen to any of our podcasts all season long, ones you missed or ones um, as the, the new releases, wherever you listen to podcasts, simply by searching Dragon Football Weekly. Now, this Friday, the Dragons opening region play on the road at Lumpkin County. Um, and I'm here to tell you, I've, I've actually, uh, as, as uh, irony would have it, I have uh, uh, run in in the past five days or so to two individuals I know from Lumpkin County. Uh, by coincidence, I've. Indians? I've, uh, no, not Indians. Uh, maybe somewhere along the lineage, but uh, not not uh, that I can currently tell. But uh, both of them I ran into, one yesterday, one over the weekend. Both of them brought up to me Lumpkin County football. And uh, they knew my connection to Pickens County. They knew we were going to be traveling up there this week. But both made a point to bring it up. Both made a point to say we've had nothing to talk about for a number of years but Lumpkin County's got a football team this year, you know, and it was indicative to me. One of them, I know for certain, does not have any uh, child on the team. He has two daughters graduated. He was talking about going to be at the game. He's going to try and find me. That, to me, was very indicative. There is excitement in Lumpkin County about this football team. People not associated with the program are excited for the first time in a long time, and they've started 4-0. Uh as you noted, we'll get into who their, some of their competition was. Maybe not the best strength of schedule, but they're 4-0. And why that's so important, that's more wins than they've had, Jess, I think in a number of years. It is more wins that they have had since – well, it equals the total in 2016. Total in the last five seasons combined, they only have seven wins. So um, you talked about – yeah, a lot of things I want to hit on there, and, and Coach Myers kind of alluded to this. You talked about the excitement uh, in the community about the program. First-year head coach Heath Webb, uh, Coach Myers brought up what a good job he has done of kind of promoting that program and putting it on the map and generating a little bit of that excitement. And uh, like like I said, they hadn't had a lot to talk about. We talked about uh, this will be their highest win total already. Uh, since 2016 they haven't reached the playoffs since 2014 and they haven't had a winning season since 2011 so coach Heath Webb uh, he's had several head coaching stops in his career he was a former ex- assistant at Lumpkin he had his best se- season at 2017 at Winder Barrow where he went nine and three had a playoff win he took the Gainesville job after that and to their standards he didn't have great seasons now he was still floating around 500 but uh, the Gainesville program is one of uh, high esteem and they they just expect a little bit more than that so so he wound up back at Lumpkin and he is uh, not taking it for granted he is definitely appear to turn them around even when a f- with a few wins against what we may think be a little bit lesser competition um riverside military academy a very small private school union appears to be a good win uh that they gained over them week two they've also beat franklin and temple to get to that total of four wins so nothing to scoff at um we want to keep them from getting to five just yet but i think it is safe to say that they will achieve that fifth win and eclipse their highest mark since 2016 as we talked about, a lot of excitement around this team. I, I expect the environment we're in Friday night to be one. They're going to capitalize on that home field advantage. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around this team. Probably even with a new coach, as poor as they have been the last few years, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if they've had any home games thus far or not, but I would imagine probably, yeah. probably one or two. I don't know there would have been that excitement that early, even one, you know, week one, week two. But now, you know, that that excitement, four wins in a row, you're building momentum as a program, and I expect it to be 
a lively environment Friday night in Dahlonega. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if that factors in or not. The Dragons, you know, they've struggled a little early this season anyway, but all three losses being on the road, they haven't got a road win, and it could be a tough environment they're going into Friday night. With that being said, more into the X's and O's of the competition on Friday night, who are some of the standouts you think we'll be calling out who to watch for on Friday night? One thing I think is a uh, testament to Coach Webb is they don't have very many younger players that are being large contributors. I will talk about one, but that's saying that he is, uh, you know, he's developing these older guys and these old, you know, these older guys have developed as year come. It's not like he has a great uh, freshman, sophomore class that walked in all of a sudden and their, uh, the talent has really changed. He's just doing a better job with this talent. And, of course, players in their own right uh, under his tutelage are, are performing well. You got a senior quarterback, Cooper Scott, done a great job of taking care of the football. He's thrown four TDs to no INTs. He's got about nearly about 550 pass yards, go along with 200 rush yards and five more TDs on the ground. So he's uh, clearly, as the quarterback always is, a focal point of their offense. Got junior running back Mason Sullins. He's run for a little bit over 400 yards, eight touchdowns, now one of the underclassmen that I will talk about is Cal Faulkner. Uh, if you recognize that name from the uh, Dahlonega area, his dad, longtime basketball coach at the University of New Georgia, Cal is an incredible athlete. I've had the fortune of seeing him on uh, the basketball court for the last few years at both middle school and playing at the varsity level. Last year, didn't know he had uh, such an impact on the football field as well until I did some digging. He's got uh, six receptions for about 150 yards and two TDs this season, adding 63 rush yards and two TDs on the ground. He plays both sides of the ball. He leads the team in interceptions as well with two. So those are three guys that um, to watch for. Plenty more. We touched on Faulkner's impact on the defensive end. Preston Cox, a junior linebacker, leads the team in tackles. These are uh, four names of, of many, I think, that you will be calling out for the Lumpkin County Indians on Friday. That'll definitely be things we're going to be watching for. I, I, I think we're in – store for an exciting game competitive game i hope we are i hope i hope uh you know well i take that back you know if if, if the dragons go up there and just wreak havoc on lumpkin county indians i wouldn't have any problem with that nor do i think the fans would i don't necessarily expect that to happen could be wrong but i hope we have another good quality game a competitive game throughout and hopefully a dragon victory at the end what are you kind of expecting do you I, you know I, i'm not asking for prediction yet we'll talk about we'll get that Friday during the Northside Hospital pregame show. But as we approach Friday, what do you kind of expect we'll see on I'm the field? definitely leaning a close game. Um, now, I don't quite know that it will be some of these offensive shootouts that we had. If, if I had to pick a game to compare it to, it would be this past Friday's game uh, where it kind of went back and forth, kind of had – offensive peaks and defensive peaks uh, where both sides of the ball were able to stand out for for both teams. I expect the game to be won in the fourth quarter. Uh, So I do think it is important that we were able to do that in the final seconds, put together an impressive drive. And I think that experience in that situation will come in handy this Friday night and, and the rest of the season as well. Absolutely. And of course, as always, we will have coverage all night long Friday night on 93.7 and 98.1 FM, as well as streaming online. Be sure to tune in with us. You will not want to miss us. This could be the most important game thus far in the Dragons' schedule as they start region play on the road at Dahlonega. Northside Hospital pregame show will begin at 7 p.m. and kick off at 7.30. We'll have coverage for you all night long, brought to you by Tri-State Communication Sports Network. We hope you'll tune in, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in to our Dragon Football weekly podcast brought to you by Appalachian Gun Range. On behalf of Tri-State Communication Sports Network, I'm Tucker Green alongside Jess Walker.